Welcome back to Ferocious Compassion. Today, I'm talking with Heidi Zimmer. Heidi is the founder of the beautiful Wild Rice Retreat Center in Bayfield, Wisconsin. She is passionate about creating nurturing and artistic spaces that develop the mind, body, and spirit. Heidi believes in the restorative power of nature, in the importance of purposeful design, and a powerful sense of place. In 2018, she began developing all the Wild Rice Retreat property and really going into this beautiful vision uh, that will expand the campus and make it a place for people from all over the world to come and go inward. Heidi lives in Minneapolis with her husband, Martin, who is also co-founder of Wild Rice Retreat and their two daughters. This one is really special to me because I've hosted retreats at Wild Rice Retreat and I plan to be back there next summer. And Heidi is just a dear, dear person. Lots of good energy. And I know you're going to love this one. Enjoy. Welcome to Ferocious Compassion, Heidi. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Such a fun moment to be here with you someone that I have been pals with for quite some time now. And I've watched your growth in this beautiful endeavor that you have, which is what we're going to talk about today, your beautiful retreat center in Bayfield, Wisconsin. And I always like to start the cast with a little bit of background on you to kind of help our listeners understand how you created your vision, how you got to where you are now. And so I always love to ask, what did you learn about compassion growing up? Ooh, that's a good, that's a great question to start with. I learned a lot, actually. Um, And I learned from mostly watching my parents. And so what a gift is that um, to be able to say that I had two uh, amazing, wonderful parents who taught me and modeled compassion pretty much in everything they did. I am the granddaughter of a minister, a Methodist minister. And so this notion of compassion, kindness, you know, treating your neighbor the way you want to be treated goes, you know, right to the heart um, of how I was raised. My parents were both public servants. Um, My mother was a teacher and my father was assistant attorney general for the state of Michigan. And so both of them were super involved um, in their communities, in public service, in social justice, and just this very notion of duty uh, to one's community and really a responsibility to be compassionate and kind to others as kind of a baseline Um, for existence. And so my whole childhood and all the dinner conversations, it really wasn't so much anybody talking or lecturing me about compassion for others as as it was just the way they modeled themselves and they walked in the world. They taught me to be curious about other people that aren't like you, um, to respect 
other cultures and to be just open to new opportunities, open to new conversations, open to just everything that's happening around you and being kind of a quiet observer first um, rather than passing judgment. And um, so it was in that upbringing that really helped me realize that um, because we're all so different, that's what makes us better. And you, you know, you never know somebody until you've walked in their shoes or leaned in more to hard conversations or learned about other people's backgrounds and religions. And um, so all of that was instilled in me from a very young age. And the older I get and the work I'm doing now, I just really have a very deep appreciation for that foundation. I can really see that when, when the whole time you were talking just now, all I could think about is how from the moment I met you, you just, you have this really inclusive, open way that it's just this welcoming invitational sort of energy that you have that says you can come into my life and you're very uh, generous. And I just remember all the times that I've met with you and been to your beautiful home. And, and that's just kind of the way you are. And I wonder then, so you kind of, you rooted in from a young age into this way of being in the world. And I wonder then, at what point did you decide that yoga and wellness and that capacity was something that you were drawn into? Well, definitely I was living. So yoga became a big part of my life in my 20s. So I won't say how many years ago that was now, but a long, a long time ago. <laughs> and um, I was living in Chicago. You know, I grew up in a relatively small town um, in Michigan. And I was living in Chicago in the heart of the city, working at, you know, what was called the Sears Tower at the time. And just um, right in the high vibration of urban life and I had taken up running and I was kind of almost looking back on it now kind of in a gluttonous way enjoying the urban experience and I I walked into a yoga class one day at the YMCA and it was the first time that I really that anybody ever told me about listening and connecting to my breath and it was a really moving experience. I think I was, I don't know, 20, 26 or 27 years old. And I felt so much better after that class, um, mm. better than a feeling I ever got, you know, running or racing around or um, doing any other form of exercise. And so I just from really from that point on, I knew that that, that mat and that space and the practice of yoga was just something that really called me and connected me and grounded me. And uh, we were already becoming at that point, you know, a technology world, you know, everyone racing around in a million mm -hmm. different directions, not nearly as much as it is now, but. Um, and now you're teaching. And now, and you know, zoom forward, you know, decades later, and I'm now teaching. I, I can't believe I haven't been able to come to one of your classes yet. Yeah, I bet you're a fantastic teacher. Oh, well, thank you. I, um, I hope so. I just, I try to be me. Um, you know, it's the same as 
when you met me and hopefully felt like an invitation to just kind of be in comfort with conversation and putting people at ease. I like to bring joy and fun and laughter um, and just lightness to my classes. And I try my best to just put people at ease and not worry about being so rigid. Of course, we want to be, you know, correct in the postures so that we don't cause injury or anything. But um, mostly I like to spark joy in yoga classes. <laughs> and um, I just share myself. I never take myself too seriously. And hopefully just my genuineness and realness about what we can and cannot do as, you know, flawed humans just comes through in the classes. And I think that that ease and grace that I invite in to the classes and to people as individuals um, really does make for a, for a fun experience. Yes. And more joy, please. I think yoga can be such a serious endeavor for many people. Just getting into your body can be a serious endeavor, especially if you're, um, you know, a little bit older or recovering from an injury, there can be, you know, it can be fraught with self-consciousness or maybe even fear of pain. And I think that mm -hmm. imbuing it with joy is just such a really great path for a yoga teacher. Now I want to get into where you're teaching yoga right now, which is your beautiful wild rice retreat center. But I really want to go back a little bit and talk about wild rice retreat center. How did this vision come to you? And can you tell our listeners all about wild rice retreat center? Cause I know everyone is going to want to go there. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. You know, it really, I'm sitting here now um, looking out the window where the lake is just crystal and moving and um, I'm cocooned in the woods up here and I'm about 70 feet up from the lake sitting on some amazing sandstone and brownstone that you get along Lake Superior and there really is an energy here that's pretty magical and so I would say that's what initially drew me to the place years ago. Um, the Wild Rice Retreat is 114 acres nestled in the Shawamigan Forest uh, just outside of downtown Bayfield, Wisconsin on Lake Superior. So if your listeners are checking out Google Maps, um, that's where it is. It's about four hours from the Twin Cities. And there's something about um, when you find a place that you have an energetic connection to that, you know, it just stays with you wherever you go. And so that happened to me here uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, what's now the retreat center used to be um, a fantastic restaurant. Um, this space was founded by Mary Rice, who is an incredible entrepreneur, philanthropist, artist, culinary artist herself. Um, and she's done so much for this community. And she wanted to create this incredible uh, dining experience and nourishing experience in the woods. And, and she did just that for about 20 years. And when I came here, I instantly thought, oh my gosh, there's, the food is fantastic, but this space is a great place for healing. It would be a great place for yoga. It'd be a great place for art making, for photography, for writing, for Tai Chi. It just, all of the art forms um, 
And where were people coming from? Like for, for all that beautiful food, were people coming from the Twin Cities and other cities in Wisconsin or where were they coming from? Well, you know, a lot of regional. So Twin Cities, Madison, Chicago, Milwaukee. But people knew about this building. Um, this building's designed by David Salmala Architects um, out of Duluth, Minnesota. And David's a well-known architect. So some people were drawn here first for the architecture and then stayed um, and kept coming back for the incredible food. Bayfield is the seat of the uh, Apostle Islands National Lakeshore and there are 22 islands. It's all a national park and so it's one of the sailing capitals of the world. Um, certainly one of the greatest places to sail in the entire Great Lake structure. So people really come to this region and came to this restaurant from from literally all over the world that's so fascinating and I and I know that about it I mean I've been there so many times in my own life and and you know I've traveled all over the world too but there's something about that place that just invites you back again and again and it's just so unique like you I love the way you uh, use the word regional to describe it because you know, I think people from all over the world would want to be there just because it is that it's so pristine and so clean. It, it really is. I mean, it's the Lake Superior in particular, um, having grown up on the Great Lakes um, in Michigan, I just was always drawn to these giant bodies of water that, you know, that feel and look like oceans. They just don't have sharks or salt in them. I think they make, <laughs> you know, sweatshirts about that up here. <laughs> and, um, something to that. But you, you know, the, the vastness to the area is there's, there's a mystique to it. Um, there's almost an exoticness to it that, mm -hmm you know, that is draws people. And I know when I was thinking about the planning of the retreat, it's, you, you usually think about a yoga retreat. Oh, well, I have to go to Bali or Costa Rica or, you know, some exotic locale that is going to be, you know, two days of traveling away. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, in 2020, COVID's taught us that, hey, we have some, you know, exotic, mysterious, cool places um, almost right in our own backyards. And so um, it's been interesting this year for more and more people to learn about this area um, and be drawn to it. And, and can you tell us a little bit about like what it took to kind of bring this to life with your husband and all the different people involved and how it's, it's a bit of a grassroots movement too. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I, you know, it's been certainly a, a labor of love project for me. I've been developing real estate for over 25 years. And, you know, I think it, I think it actually takes someone who's developed as many buildings as I have throughout the country to take a look at a project like this and go, oh, well, that, it's not that big. It's just, you know, a bunch of, we can do some, some tiny homes and a sauna house and a classroom and a um, expanded trail system. It'll be no problem. When I first got into this, I thought I could just kind of do it on the side. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I quickly realized, okay, no, when you're developing and you're trying to, you know, protect the environment, protect the shoreline, do everything super thoughtfully, 
-hmm. even though it's small, it takes a great amount of work to make it a really wonderful, authentic, um, inviting place. And so the Mary Rice and her daughter, Catherine Rice Hayes, are really the ones that uh, they were the original landowners and um, obviously the restaurant owner. And these women were have been entrepreneurs for years and they really latched on um, to this idea that I had and um, my vision for really combining all of the art forms with exceptional food, with an incredible architect in, you know, one of the most beautiful locations and designing um, and nurturing a space that really is going to have an impact on every person that comes here. So I have, I have to give the, the women entrepreneurs and investors and supporters um, who came before me, you know, a huge part of the credit here for, yeah. for helping me make this vision come to life. Yeah. They're pioneers. Truly. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yeah. I mean, Mary's been at it for 50 some years. Mary Rice was the founder of Grand Old Days in St. Paul. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah. And she and her sister founded Cooks of Crocus Hill and huge part of the culinary scene in the Twin Cities and Stillwater and several restaurants here up in Bayfield and on Madeline Island. So she was a big part of the foodie movement. It sounds like. Absolutely. And a, and a true pioneer. So I will always be grateful. Um, again, it kind of goes back to my, you know, my parents laid this wonderful foundation for me and how I moved about um, in the world. And Mary and Catherine really laid this wonderful foundation out here for how the retreat center could really um, blossom. It's almost like you're, you're stepping into the lineage of of, you know, sisterhood that, that really brought that all into being. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that energy is what really keeps you going at times. Oh, absolutely. And the team we have working here now, it's of course, men and women, but my, my right hand and my left hand are these two fabulous, fabulous women, also super entrepreneurial, um, just really committed um, to the vision of creating really the true truly first full service retreat center center for arts and the well-being in the Midwest. Um, when people hear about um, what we're trying to do here and are doing, they often say, oh, well, that's ambitious. This is something that, you know, I've heard about in New York or in California, but I don't know, can this work in the Midwest? <laughs> and I, I always look at people kind of puzzled and go, well, People do yoga in the Midwest. People breathe, <laughs> people breathe in the Midwest. <laughs> they make art. They enjoy great food. They enjoy being in nature. You know, these experiences are not only reserved for the coasts. And um, just having a very strong intention about, you know, how do we bring in, you know, what we want to celebrate about, about the Midwest and what and what draws people here in a very grounding way <laughs> can you can you tell us about these beautiful pods that you're building in the woods all around the center and how that will be for people when they come to stay 
Oh, absolutely. I am so excited about all of our gorgeous lodging that's under construction. Um, it's also it's all David Somola designed. So it's modern Scandinavian design, locally sourced basswood um, is on all the walls. So um, huge windows that are, I mean, truly the hugest windows um, I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life are on this site. And um, so there's three different kinds. We have the rice pod, um, which is about 350 square feet for two people. And it truly is a tiny house. Um, and then we have our larger nest, it's called, which is more of a luxurious uh, one bedroom with a living room stay. And then we have our tree houses, which are four bedroom, four bath. Um, and that's truly where you can have a girlfriend's weekend there. You could have a couple's gathering. It's our, re our most kind of formal retreat lodging and come, you can stay there with three other people attending a retreat and have a, have a shared common area. And, you know, the idea with the names and the design, um, you know, rice pod nest, tree house, those names are all intentionally picked um, because they're, contain they're names for containers in nature. And that is the feeling with the design of the units themselves, the programming, how they are spaced apart. Now we can say they're socially distanced and physically distanced. We didn't used to talk about them that way, but they truly are. And they're um, designed so that you feel cocooned and supported in nature when you're here on your stay. And mm. they're just, they're just gorgeous. Yeah, it, there's a feeling there of sort of a timeless, uh, natural beingness when you're even... I know my husband and I, when I was hosting a retreat there last fall before COVID hit, we were walking through the woods every morning and there's just a, a sense of um, belonging there that is really unique, I think, to the whole area. And when I think about retreating and I, both you and I have retreat companies, so to speak, I mean, yours is obviously different than mine because it's all about a place here in the Midwest. And I think about how COVID-19 has impacted your uh, vision there at Wild Rice and the future. Tell us a little bit about what that's been like for you and how have you been, you know, taking refuge during these stressful times? Well, yeah, 2020 has been quite a roller coaster and launching into, you know, a fairly large construction project in the midst of all of this, um, with ever-changing landscape and rules and what you can and cannot do when you're running your businesses, it has, you know, we were already on a, you know, fast, fast growth, um, learning as we go, um, trying to be nimble. Um, and the minute we felt like we had our feet underneath us and we knew what we were doing, we were told, oh, now you got to pivot. <laughs> Right. And that word just bothered me so much. I'm like, you can't pivot if you don't first have your feet firmly rooted in the ground. And yeah, uh, I don't personally, you know. I'm not a fan of that word <laughs> at this point. <laughs> no, no. But I, it always comes back to yoga postures for me. And it's like, you know, I need a strong Tadasana. <laughs> I, I have to have that strong mountain pose. Um, and if I'm not there, if I'm not starting from that point, then, you know, I can't, I can't be nimble. And so really what I haven't worried too much about, 
you know, that dreaded word this year. I've stayed focused on where we're going and the universe needs more spaces like this. Um, and so just trying to stay steady with, you know, we are in a construction year, it is a building year. So for us, there was actually some benefit into being shut down, um, postponing a lot of our amazing retreats to the 2021 um, season, and just having a little more space to make sure that what we are building and nurturing here is responsive to everything going on in the universe around us. So for me, the, you know, the refuge is, you know, looking out at these trees outside of my window and, you know, with the ever-changing landscape and weather, just, just, it's that yoga posture of just staying strong, um, staying rooted, staying grounded, and really just being open to adapting to whatever is coming next. It's like, it's so elemental. And I think that sometimes we need all the help we can uh, remembering that. I think sometimes people are looking for something less elemental and almost more like mysterious to come in and sort of bring them to another place. But it's really that elemental that will actually take us there. And one thing that I've noticed is with the media just absolutely having gone bonkers this year around the election and COVID, I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of misinformation out there or there's a lot of predictive futuristic thinking Mm -hmm. um, coming out of the media just from all sorts of sources that are not necessarily even reputable. I mean, there's some science behind it, but just all the predicting about what's actually going to happen in 2021. And I think people are getting way, way far ahead and, you know, almost to the point where they're almost like wanting to pre-cancel 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it's, I don't know if it's just because we're living in such a fear state or if there's actually any science behind this, there's certainly science behind what we can expect to a degree, but how have you been handling that when you're getting that from from people that feeling of, well, I'm not even sure about 2021 at this point. Yeah. And they're definitely, you know, with everything going on in the news cycles, the, the fear, um, the fear drum and the worry drum about the future is so, is beating so loudly. And I, it does take a lot out of all of us right now. And so I, you know, I try to remind myself because um, it, it is easy to get caught up in that, but I remind myself and I remind my students in my yoga class, like it always is about coming back to your breath and how are you doing? How are you doing right now? How are you doing today? Are you okay today? Right. Then let's just bring it back to the present moment. Let's And let's invite in gratitude. Anytime I know when I'm kind of spinning off um, in a worry mode, I get out my journal and I just, I sit there and I say, okay, you've got to write down five things that you are grateful for today. And it may be as simple as, you know, a Netflix show, a cup of tea, um, my blanket from Target. I might, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like big, big things that you're grateful for. But I do think that, you know, 
pausing and noticing and just those small moments of gratitude can help keep you grounded and help keep you from worrying too much about what is coming next year. Because if, if this year has taught us anything, it's that, you know, we were never in control in the first place. So, you know, we, we aren't in control of what's going to happen in 2021, mm. um, but we so are true. in control of our own thoughts. And, you know, how, how are we treating ourselves and how are we treating each other right now, right now, today? Mm. So much about just being with uncertainty, which like you said, it's, we're, we're always uncertain. Everything is always uncertain, but this is kind of like an extra dose. And I think uh, pulling back into the essentials is just such a really helpful way of handling this. And I love how you embed all those yoga lessons into it. And the, the really best parts about yoga, you know, which are just the, the ones that allow us to just be wherever we are and to take the simplicity of our breathing and let that help us to stay present and centered and not get out too far ahead of ourselves. I think one of the lessons that I've been learning a lot this year is that the present is what I can handle because that's where I live. Right. And if I get ahead of myself or I'm thinking about what I've already done, then I'm not really in the present. And then I, that's when things can go awry <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, mm -hmm. Heidi, I'm, I'm so delighted that you were able to join us today. And I'm sure that when wild rice retreat is, uh, really rocking and rolling again. And I plan on being there when it does. I've got something on the calendar, which I'll be putting in the show notes. Uh, we're just going to have just really beautiful memories at Wild Rice Retreat Center. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I can't wait to welcome you back, Jane. It is, you know, we're hoping to have some rooms open over the winter. Our, our full schedule begins May of next year. But um, if I can just say, you, you said a word in describing your time here last fall, you used the word belonging, um, that there's a sense of belonging. And if I can leave your listeners with a thought, I mean, that's, that's what we all want. And that's what gives us the most comfort, especially um, in times of uncertainty. And so if I can leave an imprint um, on this place for other people that they walk away with um, a familiar sense of home or a sense of belonging, then I definitely will have succeeded. So thank mm. you for thank you for mentioning that because that really um, is the heart of everything we're trying to create here. Yes, and that's kind of the heart of you. That's the energy that you oh, have. Thank you. You have, <laughs> you have that way of of making people feel like they belong. And so it's no surprise at all that you're in the business of owning this most gorgeous retreat center in Bayfield, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Jane. Take such good care. I will. You too. Bye-bye. Hey friends. Thanks for listening in. We're all taking a huge exhale in these times. And it feels like ages since we've been able to do that. I think it's important to not skip ahead too quickly. And let's just spend some time reflecting on the change that's happened 
celebrating change and noticing what's happening within ourselves. Speaking of within, this past week, my new group coaching program, Within, launched and we had our first live call. Woo, that was an experience like I've never had before. And I really enjoyed it uh, wholeheartedly. And I'm delighted to report that the live group call was really, uh, it just far exceeded my expectations. I didn't know that I could create that sort of an atmosphere without being in the same space with people. So we were in the same space. We were just in a virtual space. So I didn't have any idea how rich and rewarding a virtual experience of this nature could be. Our beta program is running through January 20th. The within group program is 12 weeks long. So it's really a deep dive. It's really transformational. If you'd like to think about it for 2021 and or be informed about what's happening in the 2021 program that will start early in the year, there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and learn more about it. If you want to learn more about Heidi and Wild Rice Retreat, we've included links and ways to connect. It's not too early to start dreaming about being at Wild Rice Retreat on a solo retreat this winter, perhaps in one of her gorgeous woodsy pods, or to join me next summer for an in-person gathering, holding the vision for that. I certainly am waiting for that moment where we can all say yes to so many important new things in our lives. Until then, take good care and be well.